Welcome to the Three Thirds Mank, One Third Scouts podcast. It is episode number 33 and I'm joined by my fellow podcasters, Mr. Ross Smith and Mr. Simon Mann. How are we both? Hello. Very well. Hello. How, hello. Uh, how are you getting on, Cheesy? Well, a little bit disappointed. So cause it appears now to be that my um, summer holiday is going to be cancelled. Oh no, what had you booked? So we were going to go, so we, we were undenied about whether we were going to go in August, um, when it's my birthday, the first week of August, or whether we were going to go um, at the like, end of May, start of June, half term, and I thought probably the best time to go is like as soon as the, as soon as the uh, restrictions are lifted, because some people still might be undenied about going, so we'll go in May, um, and then obviously whether I decided to go in May or August, it doesn't really matter, I don't think, because it doesn't feel like we'll ever be allowed to go on holiday ever again. You're not just going to take the five grand hit and go for it. Well, I did think I did think some people are just some people are that richer than I'm, I'm not including me in this sentence. That actually another five, another <laughs> five grand on the holiday is not really going to make much difference, and we'll get a couple of weeks in the sun. So, I mean, if it's five grand per person, it might be a slightly different issue. But uh, then Ashley Grace. Uh, and they're all going in a in a suitcase, and it's just no, you guys. There is a loophole if it's your second home. Oh, oh. Is there? so so are you going? Exactly. Are, you, are you are you going on holiday in Presswich then, sir? <laughs> I mean, that, that's, well, that's, that, that, that's a regular listener joke, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> I mean, if I could, fast, so if you, I could... all you need to do is buy somewhere in wherever you've booked. I mean, if I can find a Turkish holiday home for less than five grand, I mean, I'm, I'm saving, I'm saving cash out. So <laughs> exactly, what, exactly. What I would do, cheesy, is just just do some research in which uh, international economy is failing at the minute, and then yeah. buy a holiday home. They've probably got houses going for cheap over there. Do that. There you go. Sorted. There you go. Might have to do that. Ross Smith's tip of the week. <laughs> So yeah, sorry, 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 yeah, it's looking like it's looking like it's not it's not just building work, is it? You also do financial advice. I forgot about that. Yeah. I mean very bad financial advice, but it's still advice all the same. Do you, do you want my financial advice? Yeah. I've been looking into it, Ross, and I don't think it's worth buying shares in Deliveroo. Oh. So okay. I I are they are they expensive at the minute? Well, I no, saw well, a headline on this, but I didn't actually it, read. It's about it's, it's about to happen imminently. They're going to flop. That they're going to, they are going to. And if you've got the app, you can buy shares. But I've decided I'm not going to. I mean, I think it's a bit too risky. They're still not making money. If you're a food delivery service and you've not made money in the last year, I'm not sure when you're going to make money. Well, they said so. I decided not to because they valued the company at something like eight point eight billion pounds, and they've never made a profit. Yeah. Exactly. They need to stop the adverts on the telly for a start. That must be they've been, wa- <laughs> they've been watching too much Dragons Den, I think. And I think they're going to get caught up in this Uber thing where, like, you have to like start treating your <laughs> treat, treating the employees like employees, like well, people, as, as human. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I think so. They're going to get that hit. The fact that people might start just going out for food instead of ordering in. I'm not sure about it. I mean, so that's my that's the decision I've taken, Ross. Famously, you're you're good on the stock market, as you, we found out with the post office shares. Exactly. So you know, you know when to buy record. in a company, don't you? Yeah, I know when to sell. I mean, so. one question I did want to ask you while we're still on it, actually, Simon. 
how has the football index economy yes. crash affected you? I was I was thinking about you, uh, you and that. Yeah. Well, so I, I, well, I'm okay. I've still got the house. <laughs> um, <laughs> Have you taken the football index sticker I mean, off your letterbox? Yeah. I basically I. I reckon I put about eighty quid in, and my at one point my shares were. For people that don't know, it's like it was like this kind of share gambling type thing where you could buy shares in footballers, but they weren't real. Sh- you didn't really own part of Neymar, <laughs> um, and it was all kind of built on sand. So at one point, my things were worth like eight hundred quid. So if I'd like cashed out at the right time, it's a bit like Bitcoin. You never really know when the right time to cash out is, do you? Um, but I never did just like seeing in case in case it just carried on going up forever, but it, it hasn't. And then they crashed and they crashed to basically the amount I put in in the first place. So I think I'll be okay. Um, but some people have lost like tens of thousands of pounds. Some people have really been, been ripped some off. People yeah, used it, how, how, how did your footballing, football index career go, Ross? So uh, I very quickly worked out that I was going to be crap at it. So I took all my money out. <laughs> oh. uh, I thought I had no idea what's going on here. My money, like I thought, I, I thought I'm going to be really good at this, and I'm, I'm going to make a, a fast book, as they say. And I thought I'm going to double, treble, quadruple my money in like a week. And then after six weeks, when I'd only made like fifty p, I was kind of like, you know what, this kind of slow rate investment doesn't suit my fast paced lifestyle, so I'm going to take it out. <laughs> So yeah, so I, I didn't, I didn't do it. But yeah, when I saw it, it crashed. I did think of you. Yeah, well, that's so I, I never really put any any real money in. Like I'm not, I don't, I'm, I'm not, I don't have that level of investment to put in. To be honest with you, um, but so I was just doing it for fun. But yeah, there, there are some horror stories out there, aren't they? I can't believe how much some people invested. Yeah, it's just crazy. I mean, it, like, I'm very sympathetic to people that have lost like life-changing amounts of money and like I, I, it must be heartbreaking but at the same time i mean to to invested that amount of money in like as i said you don't actually own shares in these footballs like it was yeah the whole thing was a bit of a game uh, that's what i took it as yeah a game where you could win yeah. a bit of, where you could win a bit of money yeah not something to stick my life on exactly yeah but um but yeah, it'll be, be interesting to see, how, see what the fallout is. But that's is. where it kind of grows, though, doesn't it? Because, like you said, like all it takes is you you hit hit gold with one play. I'm sure I'm sure my brother made sure my brother made about three hundred pound on somebody, and then I don't know he didn't invest a lot to begin with, and I think he just kind of got a bit lucky with it. But if you almost think that somebody then then that three hundred could gets invested back in, and then all of a sudden you make a grand, and then you think, well, actually, I'll just invest that grand again, and he keeps working, then all of a sudden you get to the point where. The, it completely crashes and you just invested all of your winnings in it. I know you've not really put more into it, but you kind of lost it. You almost end up losing an absolute fortune. People are using it as like a savings account. Yeah. The interest they were kind of working, the, the interest they were kind of getting from the shares moving around and them doing different deals and stuff was kind of, was kind of, it was a better savings rate, but yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty grim. Yeah. There you go, kids. Don't trust... Stay clear. Yeah. Just invest, <laughs> invest in, in, with with Smith Investments. <laughs> I mean, I the, what, what did I tip? Oh, 
failing failing international economies, didn't they? That was my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Go and plow your money into them. I mean, as a, as a podcast, we're always open for investment. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. This is what, yeah, exactly. Good, great. You want point. To, this is what people need to invest in. We want to invest in, in three brains. We won't be crashing anywhere. I mean, after Saturday, we might be a different kettle of fish, but we might be, uh, we are three brains. Bit of investment. Yeah. Where, will, where it'll take us. We've got a wide skill set. Yeah. Proven many times by the chats we've had. We've got merchandise on the way eventually. Exactly. Yeah. We've had all our plans and our, our future projections, haven't we? We're just not actually throwing any figures out there of where it's going to take us. Well, we're, st- we're still, we like to live roof, not made a profit yet. We're still building the supporter base. Aren't and how we? much are they, did you say, valuing themselves out? 8.8. What, do- what deliver <laughs> We could burn ourselves to deliver room and realize we no, were. You're, well, you're saying they've not made a profit. <laughs> we've not made a profit. Well, yeah, to be fair, yeah, to be fair. Similarities, probably. And there, but there you go. I think we, I think I think we're onto a winner. If you invest in us, maybe you could get thirty second shout out as well. We'll offer that as an incentive. We might even ask for your opinion every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll ask for it. We might not use it. <laughs> I'm just going back anyway to summer holidays. Last night, I. Uh, so this whole week, I've been feeling really tired at work. And I, I like, through my own fault, because I've been going to bed at a normal time, 10-ish, and then not actually going, like, trying to go to sleep till after midnight. So I had a bath last night. And whilst I was in the bath, I always had the laptop on a stool next to the bath. So I was doing a bit of research, and I thought, oh, we're, we're planning on going camping. I'll find out what people do when they take a one-year-old camping, like at night, sleeping options. So I got involved, like you do when you Google something, you click on every website going, and suddenly five minutes of research then to one and a half hours. So I did that, got out of the bath, and then, then I started drawing technical detailed plans of the, my tent and where all the beds were going to fit and what beds, sleeping arrangements we could actually have. And I got Claire's come upstairs, talked through it all, and this was about half past 10. And then we wrote a list of everything else we need to go camping. I was like, right, okay. Right. And then Claire went downstairs and I thought, you know what? Sod it. Instead of just saying we need these things, I'm just going to go and go outdoors. I'm just going to, anything I see, I'm just going to buy it now. Right. So I spent about an hour, again, like looking through, go outdoors and finding things, buying stuff. So I came up and like the cost it came up to about 250 quid worth of stuff that I found that I wanted to buy. And I was like, right, I said to Claire, right, I've seen all this, going to buy it. She went, right, okay. Then it was probably about 11, quarter past 11, went to buy it. And then, uh, you know, when it comes through and it says, like, checking your card details thing and whether it's accepted or not, it kept denying it, basically, because it thought I was being fraudulent, which at the time I was thinking, just, <laughs> why won't you just let me buy this camping equipment? But now looking back, <laughs> it is a bit strange to be ordering 250 quid worth of camping equipment at half 11 on a Tuesday night in the middle of a lockdown, isn't it? So I can fully understand why the Halifax decided, no, maybe that transaction shouldn't go through. <laughs> so I, I said, but then it kept saying to me, like, I, I thought it's going to go through, it's going to go through. And then the Halifax eventually texted me saying, was this you? So I said, yes. And they were like, right, wait 10 minutes and do it again. It'll go through. 
So I waited 10 minutes, did it, didn't work. So then I kept trying again and again and again for the next half an hour. It ended up being half past 12 before I finally admitted defeat, went to sleep. Well, at which point Halifax said, are you sure? Because it's normally just Jaeger bombs and McDonald's that, we, that come out of this again. <laughs> So I stayed up to half past 12 trying to buy camping equipment. I never actually bought any camping equipment last night. And so I thought, you know what, because I did it on a Google, like I thought, right, I'll leave the, t- I'll leave the app running in the background of my phone and then I'll wake up in the morning and I'll just go on the website and then I'll have everything in the basket and I'll just pay for it in the morning. Well, I bet that didn't happen, did it? Well, when I woke up this morning, <laughs> my phone had restarted itself, so all the apps had gone. I was like, oh, God, I can't be bothered trolling through again. So I was like, right, that's gone. Going to have to do that another day. And then luckily, go outdoors, being the the fantastic salesman that they are. They sent me an email, didn't they? Are you sure you want to give everything up in this basket? And I was like, no, I don't. So I pressed on that link for half past seven this morning. Well happy. I bought, I bought a camping stove, plates, pans. What else did I buy? A bed, sleeping bag. Torches, water carriers, got it all. A pop up, pop up wardrobe, pop up, pop up ship, no, pop up drawers as well. It's gonna be like going to. We get lost on Saturday. We're gonna be all right with you. It's gonna be like going away in the Ritz. Going to my tent. <laughs> if you turned, if... what what sort of meals do you think you'll be attempting? Well, I did think so. I did think. Like, I was thinking like bangs and mash, kind of like things like that. easy things. To be like one it, pot, like one, be like one pot meals and stuff that you can make, won't there? Like pasta and sauce, basically. Maybe a bit of mince. Fry a bit of mince up. You need to get um, you need to get camping in your TikTok algorithms, and then that'll start throwing some bits out for you. Yeah. Oh, it's very definitely in my YouTube algorithm at the minute. It's all that comes up on my page: board games and camping. It's a right weird mix. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, like, so the first thing, so I've just got on YouTube now, the first things that come up, video number one, a family camping video blog. Next video, a board game review. Next video, how do you solve this math problem? And then the next video, uh, cricket dismissal. So it's a random mix, isn't it? A lot on my TikTok is just crickets like Man in his 30s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There we go. Anyway, uh, Simon, before we move on from weeks, are there any new chocolate spreads in your life? Great question. I nearly forgot to tell you. Yes. Well, I've, I've tried a few new tastes, actually. So today I also had a um, like a Biscoff-flavoured Vianetta type thing. Very nice. Fully advised. I mean, can it. I just make, this might be an unpopular opinion. I don't get the fuss about Biscoff. Yeah, it, it's everywhere these days, isn't it? I accept that. It's a, I, I'm a big fan. I was, uh, I was on it early doors. I think the biscuit actually isn't that great. They're, they're very good at some things, sort of average at other things. Is is what I'd say. They're very good at ice lollies. They're very good at spread. But the spread, you've got to, you really got to have the spread just straight with a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> like the spread, like a, the spread doesn't really work with bread. Like an addict, which I would. Yeah, <laughs> like I think actually, if you're going to spread it on your toast, not not that great. 
You've got to be mainlining it straight, <laughs> the spread. Can you water it down and put it for an IV drip, or is that too, that too much? Uh, well, hey, however you, <laughs> however you take it, but, uh, but but just not with bread is is my is my overarching uh, assessment of it. But yeah, it, look, the Viennette is good, and the other thing we had is a, a new chocolate spread, and uh, I can't remember the name. Of it. I don't know if I click, I'm, I'm always scared if I click off this, I'll be locked out of it. But it's like this pink chocolate spread. Oh, it was unicorn. Chocoholic unicorn, wasn't it? Isn't it? That's, that's what it was. Skin it. 32% less sugar. Chocoholic unicorn spread. Zero palm oil. Less sugar. Less sugar, less palm oil. Not less flavour. I can promise you that. It was like Angel Delight in chocolate spread form. That's what. It, that's how I'd describe it. It was oh, delicious. Wow. I remember back to your, your days as a teaching assistant, Simon. You were famed for your ability to make Angel Delight at school. Yeah, I used to, I used to, I used to get through a lot of Angel <laughs> Delight back in the day. Ashley loves us. Ashley loves the stuff. <laughs> oh, good on it. Yeah, well, I've had it for ages. Very, actually, I used to eat. I used to eat so much Angel Delight. It's very rare that we that we go that we don't go two weeks without an Angel Delight in the cupboard. I think baffles me this because again that's not, <laughs> not... great it's never work been a part of my life Angel Delight it's not really been a part of mine I don't, I don't really care too much for it no but even like growing up as a kid never I... had it I'm when, a bit growing up as a kid. when me and Lynn first started living together at one point we had it was like I don't know where she got it from I've never seen it before or since it was like this industrial <laughs> <laughs> So it wasn't like a style, but because I've always had the sachets growing up, and that's what I used to. I used to have when I lived on my own was the sachets. Have I ever had any milk? Great bit of angels of light on the go, but it was like this box that you just go back to, and it, the box it was it sort of looked you know like the sort of box you have your uh, the washing powder. <laughs> it's kind of delight. It's that strawberry angel delight. I mean, don't get the two mixed up. That'd be a nightmare. Yeah, that's why I've got such clean teeth. <laughs> Such wit, which wit flows. But yeah, that chocolate. Hey, if she likes Angel Delight, get her that chocolate spread. I think uh, I think B and M bargains uh, was where it was from. Oh yeah, there we go. Surprise with that. Oh yeah, in right, uh, So just quickly before you came on, Simon, before you joined the the chat, cheesy said hello to her, and I could hear him like. Like smacking his lips. I said, Oh, what are you eating there, cheeser? And he went, Oh, just some chocolate. I said, All right. And he went, Yeah, it's leftover from Ashley's birthday. I said, All right. Was it nice chocolate? He said, Yeah. I said, Did you buy the chocolate for Ashley's birthday? He went, Yeah, I did. So basically, <laughs> he bought himself a present for Ashley's birthday. I mean, to be, to be fair to me, I'm not really a, I'm not really a massive fan of um, Slattery's chocolate, but um, it's been on the it's been on the on the table since Friday, and actually opened it this afternoon because um, we're kind of working our way through different varied bits of cake and chocolate since Friday. And actually offered me some. I thought, oh, I actually quite like that. So um, it was there when I was making a brew before I started. So I thought, oh, I'll just ask around another piece. Well, I, I, so Teddy's got non-school uniform on Friday, but you got to bring an Easter-related thing in. So Claire said to me when I went to Morrison's the other day, will you get like something Easter related so he can take it in for his finger? So when I went to Morrison's, they had mini eggs, 
Easter eggs for 99p. Yeah. So I thought, right, I'll buy five. I'll get one for me, one for Claire, one for Teddy, one for Luke, and then one for school. Right. And I had the intention of, well, they're only 99p, so we can just eat these eggs whenever. Right. So the kids counted them in when we brought them in. And then Luke said, oh, can I eat this Easter egg? And Claire went, no, you've got to save it for Easter. So now the 99p egg that I wanted to eat, I can't now eat for another week because the kids would know that I've had an egg and they'll be asking for it. So there's just this egg sat in the kitchen staring at me every single day when I get home. Going, you can't eat me. So oh, it's, it's all about the replacement, Ross. The amount, of time, the amount of years that we've replaced Easter eggs on the, the next day after thinking, oh, this Easter egg's looking at us, but we'll have, we'll have destroyed an Easter egg in the evening and then the day after we've just bought another one because we normally hide them in the cupboard upstairs. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it might, might have to get done. There is something I wanted to ask you about, Cheesy, and I, I remembered. I, t- I saw this video on Facebook, right? <laughs> <laughs> Ashley put up. Um, <laughs> her custard sort of pieing you in the yeah, face. She did, she did do that, yeah. Was that set up? Because your reaction is so calm. To someone jumping out and throwing something in your face. Um, I, I mean, to a degree. I mean, it was almost. It was like I think it was like Tawi set up, like as in we. She talked about she was going to pay me. It all came from. It all came from work. So the idea was that obviously it was Red Nose Day on Friday, um, and we um, the our region has come up with like different challenges throughout the course of the last like four or five weeks, and the thing for the Friday was. Um, to pie somebody in the face. So, like, the regional managers did it, like, the district managers did it, store managers did it. So, it was kind of a running joke on our, like, work app that we've got that you put different videos up and we try and raise some money for it. So, she said, oh, oh I'll do it to you. And I'd not really... I, and to be fair, I'd, I'd, I'd just come back in. Thinking I, well, I'd just come, I, well, I thought, mm, she probably is going to do it at some point in the day. And it was a birthday as well, so I couldn't really go out, so no, you can't do it. So, but I'd, I'd, to be honest, I'd completely forgotten about it. I was halfway through talking to her about Esme from, I'd come in with the intention that I needed to tell her something quite important about Esme from nursery. So I, I, I don't know what, I don't know what it was. I don't, I don't, I, I just, I remember, <laughs> I, I thought, oh, I'm, I'm, because I think as soon as she did it, my instant reaction was, oh, she's going to be recording this. So I thought, like, what I didn't <laughs> want to do was go absolutely mental and crazy. I'll push her over and start decking her in the head or something like that because we captured on live video. Um, I, I mean, what what got me confused is she seemed to open and close the door three or four times before you came in the house. Oh, I was I was, yeah. was going to come back in. I was t- the bins had been out, so the bin, our bin man comes on Wednesday morning. But because I've been lazy and just left the bins there because I've not really been out that much, that um, I remember thinking, oh, I need to move the bins because I need to go. I need to take my car out because the bins are not in front of my car. So I, I remember, I, I think I opened the door and then went out to put the bins out. But I thought, oh, I, I thought I'd close the door because I don't want, I, I don't want the house to get cold. I'm going to get drafty or whatever. And then and that's when, I, and then I went back out and came back in and moved the, moved the bins. So that was the reason why I'd done that. I've, I've opened it a couple of times. I'd have probably thought, shall I move the, shall I move the bins? Shall I not move the bins? Shall I move the bins? Shall I not move the bins? And then decided to move them and then came back in and obviously not realised that um, Ashley was was stood there. So. I did think originally she was going to do it earlier on in the, earlier on in the morning because um, the first person posted a video about it in the morning, um, and I was like, "Oh, that's reminding me that that's probably going to happen to me today." But I didn't realise it was she was going to kind of get me when she when she got me. 
if that makes any sense. And what was it? Shaving yeah, it was shaving foam. foam. And she was clever. She was and clever was enough it? to use all of the shaving foam that I left in the house because I didn't have much left anyway. So I couldn't get her back until we'd been to Asda. We didn't go to Asda till like um, till the evening. So she she kind of got she kind of got off because I was going to do it. a lot of uh, Ashley's friends had messaged Ashley to say I'll give you some more money if Rob does it to you. But I'd admit. I mean, when it got, was it right? It was horrible. Because yeah. even when we had, we had a we had a call like two hours later, and I was like, it was just everywhere, like in my hair, in my ears. It was horrible. I tell you, we did this at school one. Like, so we did a pie the teacher, but instead of using cream, we used shaving foam, and it actually burns, doesn't it? After a while, yeah, it stings. Well, we did it a few. Well, this we're talking years ago. About ten years ago, we did something similar, but we did it in the shops, and we did it with actual cream. Um, and we went around to a couple of shops to do it. And by the time we got to the end, the last shop, we just stank of like just off cream. It was oh, it was disgusting. <laughs> well, on that bombshell, what are we talking oh, yeah. about this week, Jesus? Well, um, we it was FA Cup weekend, so we'll talk about uh, quarterfinals. I believe it was two on Saturday, two on Sunday. We'll talk about that. Uh, the England squad was announced um, at the back end of last week as well. So we're currently in our two-week international, so we'll talk about that. Um, and then we have got um, cricket, and if we've got time, we've also got um, we've also got boxing as well. So we will um, we'll have a break. We'll come back, um, and we will start with uh, FA Cup weekend. Welcome back to the Three Thirds Mike One Third Scouts podcast, and we're going to start with um, FA Cup weekend. And I suppose the probably the, the biggest game of the weekend um, was Leicester Manchester United on Sunday night. Um, how how was the game, Ross? I mean, I'm sorry just to go off topic. I'm sure in our pre-production chat that we have at the start, didn't we say we we're going to talk about England first? <laughs> oh, did we? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I only sorry. just remembered now. Anyway, let's let's go on. Let's, let's carry on. I mean, <laughs> it was it was. I mean, I mean, I mean. What what's slightly more embarrassing? It was it was quite lengthy pre production. Yeah, <laughs> it was one of our longer ones for a change. Yeah, it was, it's only because I've got it written down in front of me United first. That's the only reason why. I, po- I no. apologize. <laughs> we quickly, I said, if we quickly do get rid of this, and then we'll, we can move on to England. I do apologize. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so United played Leicester at the weekend, which, um, I mean, we spoke last week about maybe the win over West Ham and how that might have uh, given us a bit of leeway and taken a bit of the pressure on, off the league to maybe focus on winning the actual cup, which is what um, Solskjaer has been, was said last week he's got to a few semi-finals, but then lost in the final, never took it a step further. Uh, so, FA Cup all the way for... Well, Europa League is one of the last, well, the only two that United have got left, had left. And then um, Solskjaer puts out a strange team, Simon. It was a bizarre team, especially, you know, bearing in mind international break following. So it was not even like United were playing again in two days' time, like it's happened so many times. Uh, it was quite a heavily rotated United team. No Bruno Fernandes, which, and, you know, and, you know, it was just a dreadful performance by Manchester United. Donny van der Beek, who's, and, you know, I think his dream of turning into Man- playing for Manchester United is quickly turned into a nightmare. Um, 
and yeah, United were just terrible from the start. Le- Leicester deserved to win. Leicester deserved to go through, and uh, and United are knocked out. Did- and and the thing is, the, the other thing that sort of compounded it was was it a half? T- they made the draw, and then it turns out like <laughs> yeah. the winner of the match is playing Southampton in the semi final, which. As semi-finals draws go in the FA Cup, it's quite a good one to get. Given we beat him nine nil about a month ago, so yeah. And then to get, then you probably would have been playing City in the final, which United have proved in the past we can do that on one-off games. So yeah, it, to me, it just seemed like oh, everything settled to like go for it now. But, but yeah, it was a bit. Did Did Maguire still play? Yeah, Maguire played. Maguire played quite well. Uh, Lindelof played. I just thought when you said like it was heavily rotated, whether or not yeah, but well, like no, but like all te- all Tellez, Tellez played, Fernandez didn't play, Rashford didn't play, so it was uh, Van der Beek. Yeah, Tomaday was even rested. Yeah, Matic and Fred played, and then Van der Beek and Pogba and Greenwood and Cavani. So Cavani's not played for many minutes recently, so he was finding his feet again. Didn't really have any impact on the game. Pogba's coming back from injury. Van der Beek's not played for. Well, he's coming back from injury and not played for how many weeks? Matic is a, well, Matic is Matic. Matic is gone. I think, I think you know, I really shone a lot. I mean, he's sort of, he's come across quite a few times over the course of the season. But, I, you know, Matic was a brilliant player a few years ago, but he's he's really a shadow of the guy he once was, wasn't he? Him and Fred just didn't work at all. I think Fred's the sort of guy who, I think, if you put Fred in a really good, he's sort of like a, I was, I was thinking about him there. I think, I think he's a, a really expensive version of Tony Hibbert. You know, he's the sort of guy, if you put him in a, in a good team, I think he actually doesn't look out of place. Who's Fred? Yeah. Like, I think when United are playing well and he's there, you don't think, oh, God, how, we, how are you getting by with him? Uh, but he's not actually very good, is he? Does he just not pass the ball and give it to somebody else? Is that not his, He just receives the ball, turns around, passes it yeah. to somebody else. Yeah, and then if you end up in a situation where he's not along, alongside someone who's good, it sort of exposes that he's not doing anything else. And he, he gave away a few chances. It wasn't his best performance it, at the weekend. It, was, it wasn't his best performance, but over the course of the season, he's been all right. Whereas I think Matic was poor and has just been poor well, this season. And, and now it looks like an old Matic, man. Matic, when we bought him, was a shadow of him of his Chelsea days, wasn't it? And Matic, Matic yeah. now is now a shadow of when we bought him. The, so yeah. it's a shadow of his yeah. shadow at the minute. Yeah. It says how bad Matic is. Yeah, but then like Tellers played, but then weird things like Luke Shaw gets brought on for the last 20 minutes or so. And it just all seemed a bit funny as to why we would, like you say, international break coming up. Uh, why you wouldn't, I mean, why you wouldn't then fake injuries afterwards or pull them out of the international duty if you wanted to have a break and things. And one of his reasons for not playing Fernandez was the fact that he broke all... Like, I think he didn't explain this properly, but the fact... He, I think Solskjaer meant that the performance Fernandez had put in against Milan in terms of physical stats was record-breaking. So he needed a rest. But I think it came across as like... Uh, he played so well in Milan that then we needed to rest him. So people are thinking, well, if he's played that well, why don't you carry on playing it? But... I don't know. I just thought it was a big opportunity, and we've lost it now. So it's all it's all or nothing on the Europa League for me, really. Now, 
Yeah, I mean, fair play to Leicester, who sort of must be pleased. Ian Acho scored again, absolute goal machine at the moment, isn't he? So, and and you know they must now be looking at it thinking, you know, let, <laughs> we can get a, through against Southampton, and then you're in a one-off game against City, aren't you? Did Le- yeah. What was Leicester? Has, has Ian Acho been playing a lot for Leicester, or is that would they have quite a weakened team as well? No, Ian Acho's no. played. Last few weeks, he's he scored pretty much every week, hasn't he? For last few weeks, because Vardy's gone on this well, a, a goal drought for Vardy, let's say, and then he but Ianacho's really stepped up and uh, started putting him away himself. So, well, has he gone on a goal drought, Ross, or has he reverted to the exact player you've been calling for for the last what six or seven years now? You've been saying he's been rubbish. <laughs> uh, no, you wait long enough, you get proved right. Yeah, well, you do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean Matic, Matic is joining this illustrious group of Ross Smith haters along with Kyle Walker and Jamie Vardy. <laughs> a, bro- yeah. a broken clock is right twice in a day, isn't it? That's what they say. <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't know. I don't, see, my annoyance with Jamie Vardy was when he broke the record of Vanessa Ross. And I think I, uh, my, I think my annoyance was more the fact that Every goal was just Danny Drinkwater pinging it over the top and Vardy running onto it. So there was no like, it just seemed the most easiest tactic to stop, just just drop off a bit when Danny Drinkwater picks up the ball or, or turn around and start running backwards. It's, it didn't seem that hard. But it was almost as if everyone wanted to prove a point that this wasn't going to happen to them. They didn't need to do it because it was only Leicester. But I think, yeah, I, like he's grown on me a bit, not a lot, but he's got, I think he's got, he started to be a bit more of an all rounder. Um, but then he had a he had a glorious chance at the weekend, didn't he? Where he absolutely did Harry Maguire and then spooned it past the near post. But yeah, I don't know. It's just a poor day. It's just a bad day for United. Started off bad with the seeing the team and then ended bad with the result. Really. So you've so. you've mentioned about um, obviously getting through to play Southampton. So Southampton must have got through whoever they were playing, and then the other two quarterfinals were. Oh, Chelsea. Chelsea played Chelsea Sheffield United, United, and then uh, City played Everton. So is it City and Chelsea in the other it's game? City then? Chelsea, yeah, and then it's Leicester Liverpool, Leicester um, I, Southampton. I wish. <laughs> yeah, so it looks like that. I mean, you, you'd now say it's City. Well, I mean, you would have said it's City's nailed on before United got knocked out. But I mean, United are the one team that looked like they could cause. City troubles recently in terms of playing against Tuch- them, but Tuchel not got a chance with T- Tuchel's Chelsea not got a chance against City then. Uh, it, well, if you remember, it, it was uh, City's big run started with that impressive win against Chelsea, wasn't it? That's where the, the Chelsea game was when City's turned their form around and found this playing without. Um, a named strike and this more possession based with not let's say more possession based if we were a possession based team anyway, but so that's so uh, no, I would say I would say not. But we'll see, you never know though, do you? Because obviously City are going for quadruple, aren't they? So not that Pep will allow you to say it, but it just adds pressure, doesn't it? So maybe pressure will tell and who knows. And they're, they're who straight knows? after are they straight after the international break? It's not it's not mm-hmm. far far off, is it? The next, like the next, the semi-finals. Oh, I mean, now we're out of it. Don't care, it, really. Cares. Yeah, exactly. Um, right then, we will, we will follow our post-production meeting, and we'll move, we will move on. Um, no. So it is 
Um, it is the international break um, this week, so England um, named their um, England England named their squad for the three games, um, three games in a week. Um, San Marino is um, up tomorrow. Um, any surprises with the squad, Simon? Yeah, I mean, there, there are a few interesting. The return of Jesse Lingard, who's not been in the squad for a... Jesse, who I think played in that World Cup semi-final, didn't he? Um, I mean, see... Oh, he definitely he was definitely in the squad. Seeing, in around the seeing John Stones, Luke Shaw and Jesse Lingard called up again, it was like a throwback to six years ago, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? And... Um, you know, and to be fair, all three of them backing on merit. I think Luke Shaw has been the best English left back in the in the Premier League this season. He, you know, he's he's got over his injury problems. He's consistently played well for United. John Stones has you know seems to be back to the back to his best. Has been brilliant for Manchester City, and and all of a sudden looks like our you know out from completely out in the cold looks like our best centre half. And uh, and Jesse Lingard has, has played really well since he's gone to West Ham, and I think deserves his place. And I think um, it's one of those things. I think when you're at a team like Manchester United, people can sometimes concentrate on the things you can't do. Whereas when you're at a team like West Ham, I think they concentrate a bit on on what you can do. You know, when um, Fellaini was at Everton with David Moyes, people like would only ever talk about how good he was at chesting down the ball and. Stuff like that, and then you turn up. He turns up at Manchester United, and you suddenly think, "Oh, it's quite like he's really bad with the ball at his feet." Isn't because he? we stopped. Because you know, United didn't ask him to chest the ball down. That was the problem. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I, but I just I think Jesse Lingard is sort of doing really well at West Ham, and um, he's a he's the kind of player that I think managers really like. I think he sort of does what they tell him to do. He'll do do a lot of work off the ball. You know, good athlete. And uh, yeah, so, so, so I'm pleased for all three of them actually. What what did you think, Ross? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no. John Stones has been one of the best that are out in the league this season. I mean, my only concern, like, I think Luke Shaw, like Luke Shaw getting back in. I think Luke Shaw's got back in on merit because of his own performance. I'm not saying John Stones hasn't been great, but then if John Stones wasn't playing against Ruben with Ruben Diaz every week, would he get back? Like, I don't know if John Stones' form is dependent on Ruben Diaz or whether John Stones' form is dependent on just himself, if you know what I mean. So that's a bit... That's one that I was... I think he deserves his call, though, but I don't know whether he'd be able to... I don't know. I don't I don't know if he'd be able to take what he's doing at City into the England setup. if you get what I mean, if that makes sense. Because he's not, he's not playing with the same players, that's what you... Yeah, he, so it's kind of... He isn't going to have Ruben Diaz next to him, is he? He'll have Harry Maguire instead. Yeah, so is, is he... Yeah, if that... Dude, I mean, yeah, it's, it's like the way Virgil van Dijk makes the other Liverpool centre-half. Well, Virgil van Dijk... Vincent Ver, Virgil made. van Dijk makes the squad look good. <laughs> Never mind the guys that can play yeah. next to him. Vincent Company made... You know the likes of Mangala and Di Michaelis look good for a long time at Manchester City. Yeah, so I'm not. Look, I'm not again, but I just I'm I'm not thinking. Oh, John Stones is suddenly going to become this dominant international centre half because I, I don't. Ultimately, I don't think he will. I don't think. I think he plays very. I think he's formed a great partnership, and if that partnership was purely English, then yeah. But that's one of the and, that's one of the problems. And like you say, Jesse Lingard has just done well at West Ham, hasn't he? His form's it, been up there. So, did Southgate say that? I mean, I'm, from what I read, there's is a ten. Pe- there's about ten people out injured, isn't it? That would normally, that would normally play or or have played in the last like nine months. 
of an England of an England side. I'm not sure. Didn't he, didn't Southgate say something like he wouldn't Lingard only in because everybody else is injured in a kind of in a, in a like roundabout kind of way. The other thing um, he also said that well Jesse Lingard I think maybe said that he'd gone to Southgate and said that because um, obviously he went to West Ham on loan in January that basically he had loan offers from quite a few places could have gone to Spain could have gone to Italy. And Southgate said to him, oh, if I was you, I'd stay in the Premier League. And it's uh, it's worked out for him. Well, I'm... But, you know, I mean, he's, he, I mean, he probably is a bit lucky to get back in in terms of injuries and stuff. But, you know, he's played well. He's put himself in the position that he could be selected again. I mean, he was he was unselectable, I well, think, if, if this, for, for a long if time. If this would have been last year, the Euros would have happened last year, he would never he would never have been in contention, would he? No. Whereas actually, like you said, and he's scoring, wherever you're scoring goals, it doesn't really make any difference. West Ham are playing well. He's scoring goals. That's well, England, England, need goal, England need goals in that team anyway. So, so just then looking like, you say he's scoring goals, looking at the forwards then, uh, Bikeo Saka's listed down in the in the squad as a forward. Ollie Watkins has got his first call up, uh, which I think Ollie Watkins is a great season. But then Danny Ings isn't involved in the squad at all. Do you think that's? I think that's a bit of a surprise because Danny Ings has, when when Southampton have been playing well, it has been mainly because Danny Ings has played well. And he's been in England squads in the past. Yeah, I'm surprised that Ings isn't. In, in there with the amount of injuries that, that there's been. But Saka's been playing well for Arsenal, though, hasn't he? How, how many forwards is there? I'm assuming Rashford is in there. Kane's in there. Rash- so, uh, listed pre, pre-today, pre uh, Calvert-Lewin, Harry Kane, Marcus Rashford, Bikel Saka, Raheem Sterling and Ollie Watkins. Now, Rashford missed... I think he's going to pull out the squad because of an injury uh, as well because he got injured in, against, in the AC Milan game. That's why he didn't play against Leicester. So then, why you went to the England squad? I don't know, but he's mistrained today to have a scan on his foot. They have to get um, the, the English doctors have to release him. They can't just say the club doctors can't just say, "Oh, he's injured; he can't go." I think they have to release yeah, him. Yeah, to... it's, it's just been a, a, a complete breakdown in trust, doesn't it? Yeah, but so maybe Ings will get called up that way. But I don't. I just thought that for me, that was one omission that was. Um, I thought he's probably had a good season. Maybe deserves. Deserves a chance, but I mean, I expect like if we're on Danny Ings, the 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 talk this week is Manchester City are after him. What do we make about that? Well, I mean, I I defer to Cheesy in a way. He struck me; he had injuries, but he's not. He wasn't like out of his depth at a big club. No, I think that the. I mean, the way that the, the when he was kind of when he went to Southampton originally, the way that Liverpool were playing, he is he's not doesn't play the way Firmino plays. Now I'm not saying that he couldn't have stayed, but I think what ultimately Klopp had said was he needs to play football. He didn't he hadn't played. He would have played more obviously, but he's been injured for practically two seasons. So the whole point of him going to Southampton was they'd agreed that he needed to play football. He's gone there, he's done really really well. Um, I mean, this season we would have we would have absolutely killed for him. So yeah, there would have been. He, he, he didn't look out of his depth at all. He's played really well. Um, he actually, when he played for us, he played he played a couple of really good games. I remember scored, he scored a goal in in the Merseyside derby. Um, so, a, a good move. I mean, again, whether he's he's going to go to a Manchester City and whether he's going to be happy not playing every, every every game, which, I mean, I don't know, he might play every game. I'm not sure, but... Well, um, 
So, would would you be disappointed? Feel, as, as how would you feel? How would oh, you feel on. if Manchester United signed Danny Ings? Well, it depends what you're signing him. I think if you're signing him as your backup striker, I think you're quite pleased with Danny Ings. If you're signing him as your main striker, I'm like, I'm not sure he's you know. If you go in, oh, Aguero's leaving, we're going to get Danny no, but Ings. Yeah, no, but I'm saying, if you look at the United situation now and their strikers, so we've got Cavani, who has played well, but then he's had, I mean, he's been injured quite a lot of the time. He's not played half as much as I would have thought he would of this season. And plus, he's he's no long-term solution. I'm not saying Danny Ings is either. Martial, incredibly hit and miss as to what he does up front. Mason Greenwood's played well when he's been there this season, but then he's not really scoring and he's very young to rely on. Would Danny not getting Danny Ings in for say thirty million for two or three seasons be a good move? Well, I mean, it feel a bit like when that time we signed Alan Smith, wasn't it? But and, and no, I, I, cause I, I don't think he'd be an upgrade. I'd look for. So I think Manchester United would really need someone to come in who's better than. Yeah, I think you, you're sort of signing a player who, at his best, is around the same level as Cavani and Martial. Do you think? But, it's like, but, it's like, but I would say he's slightly younger, though. I'd say that, I, I mean, I, don't, I, I think you, you, you kind of, at the minute, you want somebody who can score goals in the Premier League. Because it's been so many times where players have come over, that we tend to spend £40, £50 million pound on players, and they just, can't, they just can't score goals in the Premier League. He can score goals in the Premier League. I think if you want somebody better than Danny Ings, I think you're, you're talking, you're spending 60, 70 million pounds. Are you not going to go and spend 60, 70 million pounds on a striker this year? Not that I'm saying well, we don't need them, but... My, my view on it, I wouldn't be disappointed. I'm not saying this just because City have been linked with him, but thinking about it, I think Danny Ings is a good footballer and would, would play very well for Manchester United. And if he, he was bought as, we're going for Danny Ings and we've got Danny Ings, and that's the kind of, like, he's going to be He'll be there for two, three seasons. We'll have him on a three, three-year contracts, um, and with, with a basically taking the burden off Mason Greenwood, who's going to be our uh, number nine in the future, and he will play there. But we'll rotate around them two, and then maybe uh, Greenwood can learn. I'd be very happy with that. What would annoy me is if we went for like you get linked with Haaland or someone. There's this big real standoff with. Oh, you're going to get linked with Haaland, or you're going to get linked with someone else who's a big name in Europe coming through. And then in the final week of the transfer window, you then go and sign a Danny Ings. You'd then be disappointed. You'd probably be paying an extra £20 million for him as well if you signed him right at the yeah, end. That's of what it. I mean. So, it, but, but, but I, I don't know. Happy, he... I wouldn't be disappointed, let's say that. I'm not going to go, oh, let's get Danny Ings on the back of my shirt. Not that I do that anymore. But, that, I, w- but I wouldn't be going, oh, he signed Danny Ings. I think in the last couple of seasons especially at Southampton because they've been turd at times he's, he's played really well so but like you said to the point before there's, there's, there's always that time where a player looks great in a small a small team you bring him to United and he can't is he going to be able to play the same way he plays for Southampton playing for Manchester United so then you start to go well, actually do you know what he was great at Southampton doing what he does in that in that in there but actually at United he's probably going to have to do a bit more can he do a little bit more and then you will go go no, but, but but that gets us back to to be fair. That gets us back to the the sort of the initial point of 
actually he wasn't out of his depth when he was at Liverpool, was he? Well, you know, when he did actually play for Liverpool. He yeah, was but fine. I think it goes back to the system again. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's difficult. Every every striker plays different, but I don't, I don't, I don't think he would be a bad choice. And if he, I think the the test is if Greenwood gets injured or whoever, whether he's back up to anybody, could he play fifteen games in the Premier League and score goals? Yes, he could. Could he do it for a full season? I'm not really sure. But then if he could do, he'd be he'd almost be a world class striker, wouldn't he? Or he'd be on a world class. He'd be having a world class season. He's got 20, 25 got Premier League goals. Yeah, but that, that's that's what I say. That's my argument with like if you bought him as like a rotation for United with a rotation with Mason Greenwood, you can put Mason Greenwood in for three or four games, take him out, and you've got Danny Ings in for three or four, and just take the pressure off both of them. I think that could quite work. But... I don't. I reckon. I think I I I disagree. I think if at the start of the season I was looking and like Man United striking options up front. Who's going to play up front? We've got Danny Ings or Mason Greenwood. I think I I I look. I think we're a bit light up front. I mean, let's go back to the start of the season. We we were when we signed Cavani, we were skeptical. Yeah, and Cavani signed on for another season, you know, doesn't he? I mean, I, I I find it a bit weird, Cavani. Can are you across this stuff, Ross? I'm a bit massively confused. I by keep. It. I keep what in terms of what. Let's see if I can fill in the blanks. Well, my I thought he signed a two-year contract. Was he not a season? Well, there's a lot of talk. I thought I thought he signed a one-year deal, and then it was a season was, and an option. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, because I mean, it's increasingly it looked like we just seem to be assuming he be he would be there for a second year if we wanted him. And now it sounded a lot like he'll be there for a second season if he wants us. Yeah, I think he might have got to that point where if he's play, if he plays like you know what it is, if he play ten games, then it kicks in. So like if he doesn't play ten games, then United can choose to still have him for another season. Whereas if he plays I don't know, twelve or fifteen games, then can, Cavani can decide almost if he wants if he wants to stay or whether he wants to go. That type of because I mean if you're gonna sometimes if you decide a player like that, then you 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 kind of got to have to have a bit of leeway both sides. There has to be some sort of I don't know if it's a bit of um, he signed his one year deal and then uh, we've what we, I mean Solskjaer said he wants to keep him uh, but then obviously Edison Cavani's dad came out and said about he's not happy in Manchester blah 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 so I don't know whether it's obviously Cavani's 34 so whether he's thinking maybe I can eat a little an extra 10 grand a week out of these and I mean, he's not going to get. He's not going to get that many more. He's not going to be that many more big teams as he was going to get. Big well, especially not if he's been, if he's, especially not if he's been injured. Yeah, that's what like, I'm saying. So if he could maybe, like, I think he may be playing a bit of a game, Cavani, in terms of just trying to get one last one year contract at maybe, which I don't. Well, know. he can't, didn't he? So he'll have, he'll have had a fair old chunk of. I mean, he wouldn't have had a massive signing on fee when he first arrived, but he would have had a fair. No, he did. He did have a massive signing on fee. I think it was ten million. I, I've got, I've got. That was that was why no one else had signed him up until the point he, he was sort of suddenly still available. Was he? I'm sure they were insisting on ten million pounds. And that must be where he, he must have said like he wanted. He wanted a second season. He would. He wanted two years. United have gone. Well, actually, we'll give you a year. You play fifteen games, and then we'll, well, then there's the option there. If you if if you if you like if you stay or it, the option kicks in that. He has to stay then for a second season. So 
I mean, I don't think it's... I mean, unless, obviously, he holds you out to ransom, but having him around for another season isn't going to be the worst thing in the world. Otherwise, you just end up having to get... Like yeah, but then this goes go back ahead. to... But then if, if, if players are holding us to ransom, this goes back to back in the day, like when we were getting Sanchez in and all these kind of players who were just there for the money. I don't... I'm not saying Cavani's not at times. He's been great for United this season, but I don't want to. I don't want to keep him around for next season if he's only staying because he's got a bit more money out of us. Yeah, but if that equally, I wouldn't. I wouldn't get rid of him just so you can get Danny Ings in. No, but what you don't want it. What you don't, don't want to do is end up going. Is end, what you don't want to do is get rid of him and then go into next season with Greenwood, Martial, and, and Ings or another forward. Because unless you sign, unless you are going to sign Hal and whoever it is, you surely you're going to need a bit, a bit more up front. Because, like you said, Greenwood's going to need a bit more time. Martial's I mean, hit and miss. Can we just mark this down as maybe like the Grealish argument part two? We, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 I can't remember which side Simon was on last time. Anyway, he was on. We shouldn't sign Grealish side. I, I was fighting my own corner in that one. I was yeah. a lone man. I was just came out swinging that night. I had nothing left in there. <laughs> anyway, let's move on from Danny Ings and the striking situation. There okay. is a, another interesting situation with the England squad, which is Jordan Pickford, one of the most overrated goalkeepers uh, in England, but had a very good World Cup, is currently injured. So the three goalkeeping options are Dean Henderson, Sam Johnston and Nick Pope. Out of those three probably two, discounting Sam Johnston, who gets the number one jersey? Well, I mean, it's, it is fortunate for Jordan, uh, for um, Jordan Henderson, uh, not Jordan Henderson, <laughs> <laughs> for Dean Henderson, that he's been playing in the run-up to this. Yeah, I, I think the, the stars have aligned. Yeah, I mean, if this had come together just at the moment when he hadn't played all season, I think Southgate would have been inclined to pick the man who's been playing in, in Pope. For me, I think Henderson's made himself a, a real option by the fact that he's just played consistently for the last month. I'd pick, I, look, I'd pick Henderson, but that's, I'm, I probably am a little bit biased by the fact that I'm a Manchester United fan. What, what way would you go to? I think, I think what would be really... I, I'm, we've talked about who England are playing. I think we're playing San Marino and a couple of other minnows. I think it would have been really interesting if, who we would have, if we would have played, I don't know, maybe a Spain or... You know, we would have played a big, like a really big team who we would have started in that game because the cop-out is there's three games. Chances are each goal... The three goalkeepers in the squad will start a game each. So you, are you really going to know more or less about who he's going to pick? Is he... Is he well, what I would say is he has a tendency in the last few years. He does just pick Pickford. Like it doesn't really matter who. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, there is. A, there, I mean, Pickford only plays well in Merseyside derby. So, so, so he does. He he doesn't really rotate the goalkeeper much because it's not uncommon for England to be in a situation where you're playing a, a sort of dead rubber game against a nobody. But he won't just give the other goalkeeper a game. It has has been his approach has been Pickford's my number one. I'm going to pick him. So it it wouldn't massively surprise me if if he chooses whoever he decides is his number two, he may well give the yeah, ball through. No, absolutely. Or so, might, I mean, like you said before, is is it realistic that Sam Johnston, even if Pickford is going to be fit for the, he, he's ultimately in in this squad. He's in there because Pickford's injured. Henderson and Pope will ultimately probably be in the Euro squad. It's probably Sam Johnston that's going to miss out. 
So maybe it will be that one of those goalkeepers gets two games, the other one gets one. I think it's unlikely with if he's, if he's, if Henderson has just got back into the United team. All right, he's playing really well, and do you know what? He probably is. He probably is a better goalkeeper than than Nick Pope, um, and probably deserves to be England's number two, especially with last season's form and, and how he's been playing recently. That he probably deserves to be Henderson, but it's, it's incredibly unfair on Nick Pope. But I suppose that's just the way that the cookie crumbles. Sometimes you, you're always, I, you're always going to be number two. And... My one, yeah, my I, I think Nick Pope uh, like. If you had Nick Pope in your, if, if he was your goalkeeper, you wouldn't be disappointed with you. Won't be, you won't be clamouring for a new keeper. Like he is, he's a good keeper, isn't he? Sam Johnston, I, like you say, I think he's kind of lucky that Pickford's injured. I just think the fact that Henderson plays for United, it's a bigger team. Nick Pope and Burnley probably just play along. Let's. They don't really play out from the back, do they? Which is probably going to be more expected on the international scene. And Henderson's kind of playing that a bit with Manchester United. That's probably going to tip in his favour. So I think Henderson will start. And I mean, I also think there's an argument that even when Pickford's back, Pickford, look, he, had, he has terrible times, doesn't he? Like he's, he doesn't fill you with confidence, does he? At any moment. He's, he's not a seaman, is he? Where you go in, yeah. That I can understand why he's England number one. It felt it felt like he got England number one because he pulled off a few good times at the time, and then he's not really like I don't know. He's never really felt consistent, has he? But I think me. more to the well, he's a real fall more, player, isn't he? And he's been out. I think more to the point made though. He's very Southgate. He's very very loyal to some of the players that he picks, and it might very well be that that loyalty becomes his downfall because if he does end up picking. Pickford for the Euros. I mean, like you said, Pickford can play in the Euros and have four of the best games that he's had all season. I mean, it might not be difficult, but then he'll be justified to say, but actually, all it, all it will take is a Pickford mistake in a, in a Euros game and we end up getting knocked out. And then it, that's you're almost thinking, well, that's Southgate's decision to pick him. It, it's not like that mistake just come out of the blue. He's been making mistakes all season. Henderson sat on the bench. Pope sat on the bench. I mean, the other thing I was thinking about when we were talking about this before is um, if Pope was at Chelsea, would it would it be a different conversation if Nick Pope was at Chelsea, regardless of whether Chelsea have had a good or a bad season, or is it just because Nick Pope's a he doesn't get? Yeah, I think I agree. I think it is. I think there's a massive element that there is this kind of sort of cachet of being at a big club that does that plays do end up just ended up in the England squad. I remember um, who was that right back at was at Arsenal for it. Carl Jenkinson. Sometimes he'd get in these England squads, and you think it's just because he's at Arsenal. Like he was, and and Jesse. Lee, I mean, Southgate showed incredible loyalty. We talked about Jesse Lingard earlier. Southgate showed incredible loyalty because he'd still be getting called up for England squads when he was playing really badly for United. But he, you know, Southgate just sort of likes him and just seems to, and you know. That's why I kind of wasn't surprised seeing been selected this time. You know, now he's got a good run of games together. It's almost like Southgate all along has probably been. But this is where I feel like, again. in some ways, I don't feel. Well, I do feel sorry for players at the less like to burn like Tarkovsky and Ben Mee, for instance. They're two good centre halves that England could pick, and I'm not saying they're international standard, but they play well all season. But they're they're. They're not picked because of the style of football that Burnley plays, so they're asked to play basically get stick a stick an head behind it and lump it long, isn't it? To Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes and see what they can do. 
Whereas that isn't the way that England are going to play, or you hope that's not the way England are going to play. So you can't really pick them on based on anything else because that's not what they see. Whereas as a goalkeeper, you should be judged on the saves you make and things like that. Where So Nick Pope can't really do anything else than make a save and kick it long, can he? Because if his centre-arms aren't going to offer for the ball, then he hasn't got no other choice. Whereas, I don't know, I just feel, I just feel it's a bit harsher in the goalkeepers to get to not get picked for a side because you play for a lower-end lower, lower end club. Although, equally, he has been in a lot of England squads. So, I suppose, you know, Southgate, he, you know, he has, he's at training with Southgate quite a lot. I suppose Southgate probably has got a view of him. Yeah, but then you think Burnley have had quite a deep, like Tommy Eaton was good, Nick Pope's been good. Like, there are quite a few decent keepers. And, and who would you rather, I mean, well, I, I, I think, just over the last few years, who would you rather have Nick Pope or John? If, we, if you're picking for United, Nick Pope or John and uh, Pickford, which one would you rather have? I mean, you two are keen on getting Jordan Henderson in this. Um, in this... <laughs> it's amazing how, how much he's on my mind, to be honest. I, I just think Nick Pope's the better keeper. Well, it's just his running style. Jordan, Jordan Henderson's running style makes you think he needs to be a goalkeeper. He can't. Maybe, be that, maybe, that's, maybe that's the trick that he's been missing all, all this time. Yeah. <laughs> I just say, I, uh, I just think it's a bit harsh. But, but then, if you think about, like, the the way that the goalkeeper's almost changed in the last five years, he's almost an extra defender. I mean, how many times have you heard City players come out and say this? Edison can go, well, Edison can play in midfield. Well, that, well, that that that's what Henderson offers you. That's what Dean Henderson offers you that that Nick Pope doesn't. And like you were saying, like we were saying before about the big clubs. Well, that's the way the big clubs play, and that's why he's quite Southgate. He's more comfortable in converting Kyle Walker to a right sided centre half in a back three. Than he is probably picking James James Tarkovsky oh, or no, I agree because he's he's seen it happen in Premier yeah. League games. But what I'm saying, my, like I say, I don't. I mean, for for outfield players, there's a reason they're at their clubs, and the manager chooses to play a certain way because of the limitations of the player outfield. I'm saying for a goalkeeper, a goalkeeper just has to suit whatever the other 10 outfield players are doing. So if, if the other 10 outfield yeah. players are crap at getting the ball to feet and turning and playing through the lines and playing this progressive game, he's got no other option than to just kick it long. So he can't prove that he can play out from the back kind of style. Yeah. He's just got to go what the other 10 outfield players do. Whereas that's why I feel a bit more sorry for Nick Pope because we've not had a chance to actually see whether he can actually play this more yeah, progressive probably. way of playing. And speaking of players that get in... England teams because they play a certain way. There's also players that don't get in England teams because they play a certain way. And Gareth Southgate doesn't appear to be completely confident about Trent Alexander-Arnold's defensive skills. Well, what do you think about that? No. I'm a, I'm yeah. a, a two-week a two rest. I couldn't, I couldn't wait. Not playing it, not, not going away with England. Um, probably, not the, probably not the worst thing for um, Trent at the minute. But I think, again, like from what you said about the way that um, teams play or the way that Southgate wants to play. Um, he doesn't want a really creative right back. He wants a, he clearly wants a, a solid right back. Yeah, but that, um, that he, what gets me with that argument is there's no Wambasaka. Now I'm not saying well, Wambasaka's had a great season, but if you go in like polar opposites, Trent Alexander-Arnold is one of the more creative right backs in England. Aaron Wambasaka is one of the the best defensively minded right backs. 
I, I'd read something about I, 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 I'd read Michael Richards. It's something that popped up when I read something that Michael Richards had said about this, and he was he Wambasaka came up in the conversation. He was just like he just he just doesn't fancy him for whatever reason. He just doesn't want him to play. He just doesn't. He just doesn't seem to want him to play for England. He doesn't. I don't, has he actually ever been picked for England? Oh, he's been in squads, I think, but he's, he, well, he's never played a competitive game because he is actually still eligible to play for. Um, I think it's DR Congo because um, he keeps being linked with maybe playing for them. But I mean, the the, the, the trouble is that for Wambasaka is that. And he's been very unlucky that this has happened to him, given given how many England caps someone like Glenn Johnson <laughs> must have won, or or Danny Mills, that he has come through at a time when England have got more strength in depth at right back than they have forever, really. And you know, suddenly Trippier, Walker, uh, James, Chelsea, that young lad from um, Brighton looked quite good at the start of the season. Do you remember you know? when uh, Jamie Carragher? Said he wants who grows up wanting to be a Gary Neville. Well, I mean, he must have inspired something yeah. because we've now had abundance at right back somewhere. But Trent started <laughs> in midfield. I think he's been he'd almost been transformed as a right. He played he's a lot of his, of, of his youth in the centre of midfield. So he's been he almost done what Gerard did. Of like when Gerard broke into the team, he ended up having to play. He played right back for I mean, not, what, not seasons, but he played right back for games. But what gets know, me I, is. Kieran Trippier's been picked. Now, I know Athletic Commentary are at the top of La Liga, are they? But when I when, when I watched I watched bits of the uh, Chelsea Atletico game, I wasn't like, yeah, get Trippier well, I, in. Like, I wasn't I, going, oh, I can see what Trippier's doing. I think at the minute, I think there's an issue. With, when we'd had this conversation, when Chelsea had first beat um, Atletico Madrid, I think we was on the same night as when we'd done one of the podcasts, and I was like, oh, Atletico Madrid were like, could have gone 15 points clear, like at the end of January. And then I think Messi had scored again or something this week. I checked, and I think they were only like three points clear. So their form has been, has, has dipped massively. Yeah, and I wouldn't uh, say, I wouldn't say Atletico Madrid are at top of the league because they've been great. I mean, it's well highlighted that Barcelona are crap and Madrid are crap yeah. this season. I think the start of the season, they'd put a run together and I think they'd won 15 of the first. 17 games or something like that but obviously the form's dropped off and like you said Barcelona and Madrid have, have been have been off the pace and that's probably one of the reason why they're top um, but I, I mean again it goes back to it goes back to who's played for Southgate before and, and the loyalty thing I mean Trippier played well in that don't get me wrong he, the, uh, the, yeah, the, the right wing back position he played well in the World Cup yeah, so. he, he probably does offer a bit more stability I mean that that goal is that World Cup semi-final goal he scored was one of the <laughs> best moments of my life. I still right? watch videos back of people celebrating. It's as it's as a pure euphoria in one moment. I don't think very few. You know what I always think that. back to about that summer. We we watched a lot of them games together, didn't we? Cheesy in the end. Yeah. And we started in a cricket club that offered a halftime buffet for free. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking we'll just set this nice and easy as we go along, and then as the tournament went along, we got to bigger and bigger venues, didn't we? Well, it got the thing is it got fuller and fuller. I remember the first time we went, there was hardly anybody there. I think that's because a lot of places obviously showed it, or a lot of people were like, "Oh, I don't really want it." Not really sure about this. Then, then we won. We won the second game by a canter. We won. We scoring goals for fun. 
Yeah. And then he just got bit, he got yeah, I think so. And he just got busier and busier and busier. Like the last group game and stuff was was, was quite busy. I remember I mean we had to fight for the buffet at, at half time. And then um no <laughs> I didn't watch the game we won on penalties. I didn't I was working that day. I didn't watch I didn't I didn't watch that game with you. I ended up watching that game in Manchester. I watched um, it in town I, as well. I watched it in Carrillo in town. Yeah, I was. I think I was either on my lunch or I'd finished work, but I remember that I watched that game there and then. I watched it in a nightclub in in Clapham. In this nightclub that decided the show. Where did we it, went it, to. Was it? Was it? Was it? Was it when we went to Seven Brothers at half time? Oh no! What was that? That was that. Was that the court? Oh, when was that? That was one of was the last six, games. There was a last. There was a last sixteen, the quarter final, and then because we that got must to have the, been the last sixteen game. We got to that bar in Ancoats, and we could only watch through the window, couldn't we? Yeah. Then we it went to so seven, We went to Seven Brothers to get inside, didn't we? But they were five minutes behind. They were on a stream, weren't they? They were on a stream behind. behind. Yeah. So when it, when the game had finished in like the pubs up the road, everybody was coming in here telling us what the final score was. I was like, well, that's a bit pointless. Or you could hear the screen thing from from like a couple a couple of pubs down. Yeah, so. I mean, fingers crossed we get that again this summer. That'd be incredible. Uh, I mean, oh, let's go, let's go back to England squad, Cheese. You must be disappointed. Uh, I can only see, just looking just, through the list, only two left-backs. Um, oh, oh, well... Oh, always an, always an issue. You need, you need players that can, that can play in different positions. Like I, I said, mean, you could have three. How do you... How, how do you Ross, yeah. Ross, just to clarify, Ross, Ross, are you assuming Kieran Trippier? Well, I was assuming right back? that uh, Southgate's gone against Cheesy's three left back rule and gone for the three right back rule. Yeah, because surely Trippier's there as a reserve left back. Well, I thought there was always two schools of thought with picking England squad. You either went for the three left back rule or you went for the three right back rule. So I thought Cheesy and Southgate were in opposing <laughs> camps. To be honest. Well, Luke Shaw's a, <laughs> Luke Shaw and Ben Chilwell are good seasons that you can't not you can't only just pick one left back. So you've got to so they've they've the left back. Like so back has played left back this season, so you can have you could almost have a left back in, in oh, midfield, so a left back a left back at left back and a left back up top. So you say one of the attackers is oh so it, so it pleases you that one of the attackers can play left back. Well, it's just all about having different all about having different pieces. I call I call Jesse Lingard versatile as well. I think that's one of his key strengths. Uh, he I could think, do you a job there. I think Lingard could do the last 10, 10 minutes at left back easily. Oh, so Southgate, <laughs> you're still sticking with him then because there's enough options at left back. Yeah, as long as he keeps picking more than two players that can play at left back at any point. I mean, the more he picks, the better. <laughs> uh, is that it for England? I feel like we've got... done a lot on them, haven't we? Oh, uh, the, the final thing I'd, I'd say is I think you kind of said it as a bit of a joke, but I think there's a there's slight element to which Trent has been dropped because there's no harm in him just having two weeks off. And I think if like I I, I, I fully expect him to be first choice. I don't right I don't know. You know I don't think he will. I don't I I don't think he I don't think, I know. Look, he's, he's he hasn't had the season he had last season, but he's still he's still one of the best right backs in in Europe but ultimately he doesn't play his way of playing right back isn't what I don't think what Southgate wants so I think in a big game he doesn't play I think he might play against the Panama or he might play against one of the lesser teams uh, where there's probably not going to be so much pressure on the defence but I, if, if if you were uh, going to pick a, a World Cup final team tomorrow I don't think he'd be I don't think he'd be first choice I reckon he's which, now is, which I think is a shame but there you go 
I reckon he's now complete with Reese James at right back. I think it's between them two. But no, sure. What, well, Walker? you know my thoughts uh, on Walker. He's always like Southgate's you, always you know like my thoughts on Walker, Walker, hasn't he? Yeah, your thoughts on Walker. Yeah. And wrongly, you're not the <laughs> manager. I've always said that. <laughs> dealing dealing with the man that is, he's always yeah. But then sort at the same time, place for Walker, hasn't he, he played Walker in a back three, didn't he? he didn't trust him at right back. He played him in a back three. Did. Um, just yeah. on the subject to that, did, thinking back to that game, which if you scored that free kick, he was he must have played right back that game, surely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, well, we so played. So yeah. back. He played well. right back. Oh, right, okay. No, that's... that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. He didn't have Walker purely as the right back, did he? So yeah. So I think I think you're right. I think it's either um, Reese James or uh, I mean the other thing is Hudson. Is Hudson and Adar carried on playing right wing back? For... But he's not even in the squad, yeah. is he? So, so yeah. He, so I, 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 yeah. It's Foden. Yeah, Foden's Foden. in there. I mean, you yeah. think the amount of talent, like Grealish isn't there. I mean, the thing is... Grealish injured? Or he's, he's, he's not a bit Grealish. He's injured. Yeah. Yeah, Grealish is injured, isn't he? Sancho's so Sancho Yeah, Sancho Sterling's in the squad. Sancho's not there. Sancho can't come because he's in Germany, though. Isn't he the same reason Bellingham can't come? No, yeah, Bellingham's in the Bellingham squad. problem as well, wasn't it? But he can't... Oh, can he not oh. travel? Oh, but he's named he in the squad. Travel. No, no, thanks. So, Jaden Sancho oh, right. is injured. And then they, there, was an issue, there was an issue about Bellingham coming oh. across. I don't know if that I mean, got listed. Well, maybe that's from last week. But... Because that's why Leipzig couldn't come to England. Well, so I mean, nobody from yeah. Germany can. I think because the the other thing. I mean, just while I was talking to you a bit before we move on to the cricket, is I'd said I was worried about the players obviously going over to Brazil. When I checked the day after the podcast, all those games have been cancelled. So and it was even they talked about um, Jota. Obviously, Portugal was on the red list until very recently, and I didn't think Jota was or Portugal's games were even get played. But he's been he's been released to go over. I don't know whether I don't know what's happening with Fernandez, whether he's going over as well. But they've released. Um, Jota to go to play for Portugal so they played tonight they're playing now but the Brazilian players are not going because all the South American games have been cancelled so right. anyway we'll move Crick- on cricket England um, love a batting England clap. lost another England batting collapse yeah, we're, yeah we're I was going to say, uh, yeah, was gonna say is this, this is not just a test Testing anymore, is it? No, yeah. Well, I, I left work on uh, what day was it? Was it? I'd worked in early on Tuesday. Was it Tuesday? And um, England were going going great guns. I got home, best. Oh, and Roy was still in. I'd, I'd cycled home. I went to have a shower. Get out of the shower. Put the cricket back on. And suddenly, Sam Billings and Moeen Ali were fine, and we were in a right. Just to ask a question, Simon, because no doubt, no doubt, well, you're the one of us who have played cricket most recently. And aside from your magnificent 50, you've probably been involved in more batting collapses than anything else. What what is the mentality of batting collapse? It does get a bit panicky. All of a sudden, everyone's rushing to put their pads on. You think you're sort of feet up and you realise actually you're in next. 
it, I think it, it, it can be quite contagious, actually. I think it, once you start losing wickets quickly, and what happens is cricket. Uh, I mean, I don't know if this stuff, but I'm free. <laughs> it probably does. But at my level, <laughs> what you find is a lot of people will find a reason for why they've got out that isn't their fault. And, you know, deep down, the reason they've got out is they've missed a straight one. But they will come back and they'll say something something mad is happening with the pitch. Or they'll be like, oh, you know, this guy's turning it, he's swinging it late. You know, they'll talk as if the bowler's Jimmy Anderson and the pitch is, you know, (laughs) an absolute, you know, he's turning like nothing else. And so, so they're, they're in a, in their own heads. They're just trying to justify why they've got out, but all they're actually doing is sowing seeds of doubt in the batsmen that are about to go in, and um, and panic. So, do you think? It, do you think that's happened? I, I mean, all seriousness, do you think that is now the case? Because obviously, England's one one day team. No, but no, but no. genuinely, do you not think England's one day team, who obviously won the World Cup and were considered one of the best in the world? Once some of these people start getting out cheaper, do you not think no, that, I, that I, does make I know, no, I think England are just so committed to this. If in doubt, we're going to bat aggressively. One day cricket, we're just going to bat aggressively, always take the aggressive option. And sometimes that backfires. And, you know, it's one of those things where what happens is afterwards people go, oh, when you're 135 for, for none, why don't you just sort of take your foot off the gas then and, you know, you've broken the back of the chase. You can, you know, just coast in. But that kind of attitude doesn't get you 135 for none. I think they, you know, for the last four or five years, their, their whole tactics have been go hard in every situation. And that's what won the World Cup. And, you know, you can't really blame those tactics. And so the likes of, you know, Stokes, Butler, Morgan, they all just come in and try and take the aggressive option. And then sometimes that backfires and you look a little bit silly and you, you have a massive one, batting the... collapse. <coughs> but, so more... Sorry, Simon. The, the, one, the one thing I've noticed, and I, I think I'd put it in the group, is that England play and miss an awful lot. So I've noticed that when India kind of go for the, the big shot or the, the, they're trying to knock it out of the ground, it's very rarely that they play and miss, whereas it seems to be more often than not. I mean, Jason Roy is a classic example. If he doesn't, if he doesn't kind of get, like he gets to mid-40s or whatever, and then all of a sudden a couple of dot balls, and it seems to be he's just swinging at everything. Yeah. Well, so the one thing I would say is I think England in one day cricket really missed Joe Root at number three, actually. I think we have a, the, 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 that side that played the other day, it was full of batsmen who were kind, and, and Roy is a classic example of this. They are a bit sort of block or six kind of players. And maybe we needed someone like Root who just kind of, Root's one of those players who you, you kind of accidentally don't realise that he scored 30. You know, he's sort of constantly hitting runs, constantly hitting balls. Yeah, he's sort of constantly hitting ones and twos in a way you don't really realise when you're watching and then all of a sudden he's, he's hit a run of ball 30 <laughs> and, you know, you know, the match is, is moved along quite a long way. Whereas they, I think someone like Roy panics a bit if he's, if he's, if he's gone three balls just, without scoring. So, obviously... For anyone not interested in cricket, one of the things that you know a batting team is maybe on top 
in terms of uh, in test cricket is when they're rotating the strike a lot, that they're, they're getting these singles and they're, they're making the bowler do different things and set the plans and set different fields for the different bowlers and they're not keeping someone pinned down. Is that not the same for them one day? That that, that is a sign? So oh, yeah, is, no, this, no, is this a yeah. strategy that England are doing wrong then, that just going for the big shots all the time, that maybe something needs to rethink, in your opinion or not? Well, look, they won the World Cup doing that, but... Yeah, but then every, every, team, gets found, really like, every team gets found out, don't they? I, I think someone like Joe Root is good at rotating the strike. And in, in England's first choice one day team, he, do, he will be there. Owen Morgan is out of form. and He didn't score any runs in the T20s. He again got out. And, you know, so he's someone who actually does do that on the sly. Um, so they're, they're sort of, you know, you've taken those, well, Morgan is playing, but you've effectively taken those two out. And then, yeah, and then around them, you would have these people. So have we mentioned this, have we mentioned this recently before? I thought so, Joe really wanted to be in the one-day team. He does. So this is a, is a bit of a COVID thing. Basically, they hadn't picked him for the T20 games. And I think they just they just took the opinion that basically if you fly him out, you then have to uh, quarantine him for two weeks before you could join the squad. And it was just one of those things where it was just going to be a massive faff. So they've ended up just because there is a T Twenty World Cup later this year. They've kind of picked they picked the side with the five T Twenty games in mind, and they've effectively kept them on for the one day games. So that's why we've ended up with it. And also they've kept. So someone like Ben Stokes, who I think they probably would have rested, but he's going to play in the IPL afterwards, which is basically straight after these one-day games. So I think they were just of the view, he's in India, we might as well keep him here and play him anyway. So that's, I've got a feeling that's why Butler and Stokes are playing in these games and they might have might have been rested otherwise. So it's, it's a bit of a hodgepodge England team in a way. So, I mean, I, I don't think it's anything to sort of panic about this, these these sort of games. But yeah, I mean, we've there is a difference between one day. Often, I think teams make the mistake of thinking one day cricket is just an ex- like an extended version of a T Twenty game. But there is more to it, and you know there is more to bowl in ten overs than there is to bowl in four, and there is more to build. It you have to kind of build an innings in one day cricket in the way that you can just score a really flashy thirty in T Twenty cricket, and you've won the game, and you're a hero. And in one day cricket, actually, you're looking for people to to kick on, and you know, maybe you're looking not for Johnny Bairstow to get caught on 94. You know, he's the set guy. You're thinking, yeah, go on and win us the game in one day cricket. But yeah, you know, that's that's how it is. And there's two more one day games. The thing I'd really like to see actually is England rotate a bit in the uh, in the final two games. We we played pretty much the same side throughout the C20s. India have like rotated constantly. And like they keep giving these young players a chance, and they keep coming in and playing brilliantly. But um, there's a guy called Reese Topley, who's the England squad left arm fast bowler, who was in the England squad a few years ago. Looked really good. He's had really bad injuries, but I'd like to see him sort of. He's now back and playing well, so I'd like to see him given a game. Liam Livingston, Lancashire player, he's with them. I'd like to see him get a game. And Matt Parkinson, leg spinner from Lancashire who actually went to Sri Lanka. So he's, he's been in this bubble with the England squad the entire time. He's not played a single game. 
And so I, I think it'd be good to sort of give these other players a chance and let's sort of have a look at them. Uh, but it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what, what sides England pick Simon, just going before forward. We, just before we uh, stick with the bowlers, I thought that Mo, that I thought that the innings that Milan played, and I can't remember whether it was the one-day international, whether it was the T20, I yeah, thought that he played quite a nice, like he scored when he needed to score, kept the innings ticking along. But we, we'd been kind of been dying out for that for, for the rest of the T20s. And, and then I think he was, dro- he was dropped for the, for the one-day game. I know he's supposed to be. T20 player in the world. Yeah. So yeah, (laughs) he actually played quite well in that T20 game. And I think that sometimes the the worry about David Milan is, is he the the guy that you want coming in when you're chasing 200? Um, He can sometimes make quite a slow start to his innings and rely on the fact that he'll catch up later on. Um, But he actually, in that final game, although we lost, he, he sort of scores 60 off about 40 balls and he showed that he can play that type of inning. So he's probably kind of secured his uh, secured and, his and place then, in the side. And then just before we move on to the boxing, um, the one thing that probably did let us down and, and, and probably the, the batsmen have, have probably taken more of the brunt of this is that our bowling display has not been great. No, I think the Curran brothers are both bowling. I think Tom Curran's sort of really out of form. Joffre Arch is injured. Because the way, I the, we the way yeah, that Kumar I bowled, I think it was with the last two innings in the T20s where he got four overs for 15. And, and yeah, I think our best bowl has gone for eight every every over. So we just don't, and he, I think he took three wickets in that game as well. So we just don't, we haven't been able to have anybody that stopped the scoring and been able to take wickets. I think Stokes has had a couple of good games where he's taken wickets, but has gone for massive amounts of runs. Mark Wood just seems to be. They just, they just seem to know where he's going to bowl it. Cheezer, are you in a roundabout way saying there's not enough Yorkers being bowled? Well, funnily enough, didn't, wasn't the last... The, this left-arm fastball that they brought in for the last T20s, they basically just said, this guy can bowl Yorkers. He's known for bowling Yorkers. And I almost thought, I'll record yeah. that and we'll play that on the... He's not bowling Yorkers. No, he, he's known for Yorkers. No, no, there was an Indian, an Indian bowler that he brought in. Oh. He's basically a Yorker oh. specialist. That's What's his, his thing. name? Because I'm, I'm going to... Get a poster of him. It's like Nath, be, yeah, like that, yeah. I've got a space in the dining room where I'm sat now. Frame, frame picture getting put up. I don't. I don't think. I, I don't think he took any <laughs> wickets. I don't think he bowled. I don't know if he bowled any Yorkers. To be fair, but don't. You can't get brought into the Yorker specialist and they're not bowling Yorker. That's. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe, I, I thought about him as I thought about you as soon as they said that. I was like, oh, it's Ross Smith. <laughs> Uh, is, how many more one-day games are there? I think there's so, three, uh, I mean, two quickly, more to go. Do you see England winning one of these games or not in current situation? Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I think I think they're two fairly evenly matched sides. I think they are sort of pick em games in a way. So I don't think anything could happen. I think we'll we'll end up rotating. It'll it'll be good to watch. Uh, Thanks for listening to the Three Thirds Mank, One Third Scouts podcast. Give it a like, give it a share, and let us know what you think on Twitter at Mank3. That's at M-A-N-C-T-H-R-E-E. And keep listening for more new podcasts every week.